Hello and welcome to the Jeep and Bubba podcast. I'm your host, Brad, Jeep and Bubba Koran, and today we have one guest, not two, because his personality is big enough for two. It is <laughs> my brother, none other than David Saddlebrook Windsor. Welcome, Dave. Well, thank you for having me. So it's about almost nine o'clock. We just ate some chicken wings. We're at the shop. Avery is buttoning up a motor. And we have some Bud Light hard sodas. Dave's got a regular cola, classic yeah, did, cola. Yeah, I did a classic cola. You know, toss a little whiskey. And we put a little bit of Bullet Rye. For some reason, even though they're 5%, they don't really have much kick. I'm going to crack me a... This is the citrus soda. I think it's supposed to be like Sprite. See what that's all about. Salute La Familia. Oh, the Sprite's pretty good. I'm going to put a little bourbon in it when I have room. Let's see what that tastes like. So... Uh, just one guest tonight. We're not um, video recording this. We've recorded the video recorded the podcast with Johnny and Shelby, but I lost the SD card. I have no idea where it is, so when I find it, I'll post that video on YouTube. But don't worry. If you're listening this Friday morning when I release it on Thursday the 25th, uh, this afternoon, I will be releasing, well, not this afternoon, but tomorrow afternoon, I'll be releasing our Windrock video of Trail 16 and Trail 2 that we did. And let me tell you, there's some carnage, and it's a cool little video. And it's coming out to you about 4.45 on the 25th. If you're listening to this way down the road, go check out the Jeep and Bubba YouTube channel and make sure you're up to date on all the podcasts. Also, go check out the Grip It Off-Road podcast. He just got started, and we will with him. It's a good friend of mine, Forrest Orman, and he's out in... Um, uh, east, well, he, he's out near the Dallas area, but we wheeled out in East Texas at Barnwell Mountain. And his first guest was Dave, and his second guest was me. And we filmed or recorded ours and filmed it uh, at Barnwell Mountain, um, actually uh, off road and off the grid. So a cool experience, and uh, go check him out. I know he's on. Uh, I know he's working again on Spotify. If you just search "Grip It Off Road Podcast," I think he's. Oh, it's like. Buzz Sprout or something is it's something, like, something like that, but he'll be on once he gets enough podcasts up and people listening. He'll be on Spotify and Apple or the iTunes or whatever the you folks that like Apple products listen to it on. <laughs> I'm on there. Give us some reviews if you're on Apple. I never go on there and even look, but last time I checked, I had some awesome reviews, so I appreciate it, guys. <coughs> that brings the uh, podcast up, and uh, you know, so a couple hundred people can listen to it instead of a. Uh, uh, five or six. So, uh, anyways, uh, Dave's here. Let me give you a little background on uh, Dave. We've been friends. I don't know since we're eight or nine years old. Uh, pro- like that we knew of. We probably were running in parallel since then. Um, we uh, go to the same church together, and uh, we've you know basically been car junkies together since our early teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave started a car club that I later joined in the high school area. We were big into imports and uh, a company called Drop Gears Off-Road, which is still uh, still around to this day. And um, you can check it out, Drop Gears. I said Drop Gears Off-Road, didn't I? I'm so used to saying Off-Road. Drop Gears Motorsports. Um, you can still check that out. Um, but but we, we ran a lot around. We did some high speeds, some shenanigans in our younger days. We rode a lot together. And we did a lot of car meets. We ran uh, car shows together. Um, and Dar- Dave's area of expertise um, is in the electrical field. He still works in the 
electrical field and, and automotive. Um, he gets into some, some high tech and fancy stuff that I don't want to ever touch. And, uh, <laughs> and we might touch on that a little bit, but, um, has always been a headlight, you know, aficionado, uh, has experience in industry working at, at, uh, man, the OG lighting company of, well, a couple, I mean, um, uh, not just the retrofit source, but over at uh, Dynamic, the OG HID champions um, here in Atlanta, and uh, you know has been my go-to for information on lighting. So we're going to talk about lighting a little bit. Also an audio guy and, and, and a Ford guy, so we'll get to touch on a lot of things. Uh, we'll try to keep it around 30, 45 minutes, but uh, with us, it could go hours and hours. But we'll try not to do that. Because we do have wives waiting on us and right. and jobs to do. So, anyways, uh, one thing I want to touch on, Dave. So normally, what I do is I touch on uh, kind of what's on my mind, and then uh, I'll let you, you know, kind of bring your area in. But something that's been popping up a lot in the shop, and something that's since the beginning of the four door Jeep, it's like we just overload these things with lights, and it's <clears> like a lot. You can definitely tell. You can definitely tell um, when someone's like just getting into Jeeps, it's like, I guess they feel the need to just put a ridiculous amount of lights on a vehicle. And it's like, are you guys planning to go night wheeling? Or like, are you riding with these lights on during the day on the trail? And I've seen that. I've seen guys riding on the highway with their lights on. Um, What do you think it is that makes these guys just feel like they got to have all these lights where... Uh, well, I'll set this, I'll tee this up a little bit. Like, what I've learned from you is you just need quality lights. You don't need a huge quantity of lights. Yep. And, um, and, and what do you think about that? I think it's, uh, what these guys see in these show trucks. Oh, They yeah. see a lot of show Jeeps that sure. we posted up somewhere, you know, it's Instagram. got a ton of lights on it. They're sponsored. Ex- yeah. You know, usually the company is showing off the products they have, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that. Oh, yeah, SEMA, man, there's lights bolted on top of lights. Exactly. So what makes it worse is a lot of these guys are like, well, that light you're selling for, I don't know, 150 200 bucks, or whatever. I can get the same thing on Amazon for $30. Like, no, you can't. Because... Oh, or, or they'll be like, Alibaba's got it for 30 bucks. Exactly. Get out of here. Because if I put the quality one that we'll put on one of our rigs yeah. and then line it up next to theirs, I'm going to, like, drown out three or four of their lights with one. Sure. So I don't need all that stuff on my vehicle. You know, that, and we're talking about headlights. I mean, that, what I'm seeing is, like, guys with the pods and the KCs and then the and then the lights, light bars and, and then stacking the lights on top of the lights mm-hmm. and whatever. It's like, I, I saw, uh, saw some guys with some cheap, uh, I don't know what the brand was. I'm pretty sure the guy from eBay or Amazon. It was like, the guy had, like, three or four pods on his pillar and his uh-huh. JK. He had a light bar on the roof. He had light bars on the sides. Sure. He had light bars on the bumper, blah, blah. I got a buddy who I just sold two grand worth of lights for, mm-hmm. for GX470. Mm-hmm. All the new Morimoto Ford Banger. Morimoto, shout out. out. <laughs> like his setup is drowns it out. It's insane. Absolutely. And he's only got three sets. He's got two sets in a bumper. Mm-hmm. One is driving lights and fogs. Yeah. One is off-roads. He light up the size of the trail. And then two are spots. Yeah. That's it. Dude, I just have, currently on the JL... I just have my high beam um, headlights, the high beam brand headlights, which 
I know some folks have had some customer service issues recently on them, but it's a, it's a really quality headlight. It um, really is. It's awesome. And then I just have a set of uh, Baja Designs, and they're their – it's a kind of a weird – probably the degrees wrong, but I think it's a 60-degree light. So, like, the 40s are like your flood, and then your 80s like a spot. I, I probably have it all wrong, but it's in between a flood and a spot, and it's a wide beam as well. <laughs> so the headlights are such quality, and it just fills in everything in front of me and out wide. And now I've got the Quake um, the fender lights, which I've had one kind of flickering on me. But uh, they actually go wide, too. You notice them. So um, I could go night wheeling with that like, and, and not have any issues. Now, I do have a friend who um, he has a problem seeing, and him and his buddies do like to go. He has a problem driving at night, and it's him and his friends like to ride at night to find good camp spots. And, uh, you know, he probably does need some floods. He might need some amber. You know, he needs some some coverage. But for the most part, like, guys are dropping some big money. And I, I shouldn't be saying it because, I mean, it pays good. I it mean, we, we do the installs all the time. And uh, um, one thing I can't recommend more is, like, to get one of these um, uh setups that has the relays built into it like yeah. like we've been doing the rough country recently which i know rough country's kind of got like a bad name but it's a nice setup um there, but i know there's all kind of brands that do oh, yeah. that that but you know you get the switches and the relays are built in but it's nice when we're we set that up one time and then when i hook up your lights were there or the relay's already there it's just easy and it's clean and it's up above everything um uh, uh, i mean there's all kind of setups out there my personal favorite right now is the uh MSD ignition solid state relays. Okay. I love those because Sweet. you can just mount the relay pack wherever you need to. It's a little bar, it's maybe six inches wide. Uh-huh. Uh, it's got set up for four switches. And uh, basically, you just wire the switches into their little section. Mm-hmm. And then you run the power wire for whatever you want to power out of this corresponding number. So on yeah. my F 150, I got the panel above my head. It's got your logo and my logo. Oh, on yeah, it. yeah. And each one has a different purpose. Yeah. So the light bar is hooked up now. I've got to do the bed lights and the Heck yeah. the Baja Designs reverse pods I got going in it. So Sweet. Yeah, that's the Rough Country similar, but it's it doesn't have that panel like yours. It just has like a little like a little switch thing. Um, but it holds six. And I've seen uh, Oxbeam has one that's like eight. I forget who did the original one. Um, I'm a little iffy on Oxbeam. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, I'm not <laughs> recommending Oxbeam. Um, if you want condensation in your fog lights, get you some ox beams. Um, dang, what is that original coming? I'll think of it eventually. Um, wasn't it, is it S Pod? Is it who was the? Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, there are these boxes that hold relays, and you wire your power to them, and your switches, and it and it, uh, it makes things clean and makes things so you're not basically running six wires to your. Your, your ground and do your power. And, yeah, and I was just, so annoyed. You know, and even then, like, when you see guys do that, they're not taking the time and putting, like, the nice kicker terminals on there. They're, yeah, they're not doing it the way that I would. <laughs> no, they're putting the, you know the 50-cent AutoZone ones <laughs> on there. Absolutely, for sure. Um, give us a little bit of your history. Uh, tell us a little bit about Dynamic Sound and, and the Retrofit Source, which we were talking about earlier here in the shop. And how they just got acquired um, through Wheel Pro, but a little bit of what those companies did and do 
And I, I have one little interjection when swapping from dynamic to to the retrofit source because things changed in the industry in that time frame. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about dynamic. And they're still in business. So I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I still deal with them literally yeah. almost every day. Um, so essentially, I ran into dynamic when I was 17. I had a 2001 Ford Explorer Sport that everybody in just about Gwinnett and Cab County knew about. Every police officer. <laughs> <laughs> There's an APB, man. <laughs> that little thing was a little trouble. Be looking out for the Mego. It's sliding around town. <laughs> <laughs> that little thing was wild, especially when I lowered it. But, um, yeah. So I didn't really know about lights. I was like, one day I was like, I want some blue lights in my trucks. They look cool. I go to Dynamic. I meet Jason, who's the owner. And it was just him at the time. So this is on the Jimmy Carter exit, uh, yeah. going into Atlanta. Well, going, going well, out. Well, this this is the first the location. Old, oh yeah, I went there once. No, no, not that building. There was a building before that. Oh, it was literally around the corner from it. Okay. It was right across the street from that Wells Fargo. But Jimmy now Carter. they're off the Jimmy Carter exit yeah. across from uh, what's Extreme Performance? Yeah, Extreme Sauce. Performance Muffler. Yeah. So the, the very, very first building was just Jason. Right down from, an there's a Pet Boys and a, and a Papa Dose right yep. there. Yeah. And I went there and um, I was talking to him. He said, he literally broke it down for me. And the way he broke it down, you know, engineering brain, I went, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I bought 5K lights, which is basically pure white. <coughs> put them in my truck. No, those are clear lights. <laughs> As an inside joke for y'all to know. Yeah. Uh, That's a very requested color is clear. <laughs> By the way, if your lights were clear, you might as well not turn them on. Exactly. <laughs> so we tossed them in and uh, I did it myself. It was my first time learn- when I was really getting into the electrical part of uh, automotive. Like I said, I was 17. Excuse me. Had a little issue. Had to buy some halogen lights for a weekend because I couldn't make it back. And then uh, after that, I just started studying and learning more, and then a few years later, I started working for Dynamic, and I was just selling lights left and right. I was doing sound systems. This uh, is in the heyday of Craigslist, man. Yes. Every other post was a Dynamic sound post on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> they had it going on. I would design posts. I'm, my other backgrounds in graphic arts. I would design posts at home. My boss would design posts, and we would literally be on Craigslist with every word sure. you think of. Meanwhile, in the background, this is the the heyday of, you know, like the Wild Bills meets and yep. stuff. So we used to set up, was it Thursdays? Mm-hmm. Every Thursday night at Wild Bills, which is not even a, you know, in the, it's not even a business anymore. But it was a little nightclub and they used to let us set up out back. And it was crazy, man. It was, it was like some Fast and Furious stuff. And Dave used to set up and sling those HIDs and... Um, what I wanted to get into, uh, and you can keep on about dynamic, but I remember the jump. I remember asking you, hey, man, what's up with these LED headlights? I'm like, what's up with this? And you're like, you know, no, I'm an HID guy. These HIDs, they put out way more light than this, 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 and that, and the other. But about the time, you know, leaving dynamic, you started going to the retrofit source. I know a lot of stuff happened in between, but how did that change happen? And talk to us about the retrofit source and kind of you know what those guys are doing now. I mean, LED is the technology now. Yeah. Uh, I know HIDs are still amazing. Projectors are awesome. Um, but talk to us a little bit about that. So when the change started to take place, at first I was just anti-LED for headlights. I was like, you want LED? Put them in your interior, your taillights, your tags, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
But as the change, uh, as the industry began to change a bit, LED technology got better because there was a point where you can put LEDs in your headlights, but mm, you weren't really putting anything down the street. They were bright. They just, you couldn't see them on the road. Exactly. And then it got to the point where you could see them on the road, but you're only like 20, 30 feet in front mm-hmm. of you. Whereas an HID, you could be with the right projectors mm-hmm. a couple hundred feet in front of you. See yeah. That thing. Yeah, Project Grimlock, uh, our JK we're building has uh, HID projector.com's headlights in it. And I mean... And we used to sell to them. They, yeah. Well, yeah, they're the old... Um, the old... Uh, <coughs> the old Mortimer Seal 7 me. headlights. They're Seal 7 headlights with with um, some laser etchings in them that I'm sure you guys probably did too. But um, they are ridiculously good at putting a light beam out in front of yep. the vehicle. Uh, no need for fogs with that thing. I think that projector is based on a D2S 3.0, which I had in FRS for a while. When I, I think it's based ones. on a lighthouse that's used <laughs> to signal chips. But it, the nice thing is they have a crisp line and all that. But I remember asking you, like, what's up with these LEDs? Because I started seeing them on the Jeep side and off-road. And then and they the were headlights. Cheap. Oh, man. When pods first came out... I mean, you get a set of like forty watt pods for twenty bucks, and like mm-hmm. they were great for fogs. I mean, absolutely great for fogs. But then when they started going to headlights, I asked you, "No, nah, stick your HIDs," which I always listen to you. We once retrofitted hundred watt HIDs into some glass fog light housings. <laughs> you could hear those things buzzing coming down the road, like a UFO landing. Um, but but yeah, Wait. talk to us a little bit about that. So it was, it was also around the time I, I began to uh, understand the joys and wonders of retrofitting and yeah. why you should retrofit instead of just doing What is retrofitting for those that don't know? So for those that don't know, retrofitting is taking a projector that's based on HID or LED technology and put it into a headlight that is not. So most people just drop a bulb in there, drive and blind the oncoming traffic. So as you're listening, putting an LED light bulb in your factory housing is not an upgrade. It's not. You might think it you're looks brighter more. in your driveway, but when you drive on the high, on the actual road, it's no better. It's, what it's doing is it's giving you a lot more foreground, which is basically the first ten to thirty feet in front of you, tricking your brain into thinking you're seeing a lot further than you actually are. Versus a proper retrofit, you're putting like fifty, sixty, hundred something feet down the road and actually seeing what's coming up. Uh, and that's what I I got into right before I moved to the retrofit source. Because there's an old company that retrofitted the sport track. Mm-hmm. And the retrofit looked good, but wasn't done right. And I yeah. ended up figuring out how to do it myself. And then I moved to the retrofit source. So, retrofit source, you know, these guys are based in Atlanta and uh, really cool operation. And uh, they're actually um, the sponsor of Scottles and Bottles, the headline yep. sponsor. And. Uh, but they sell the parts and pieces to build these retrofits as well as selling complete assemblies, housings, and, yep. and the, basically you would know them as Morimoto because they like what basically invented Morimoto or that was yeah. their house brand. And then so, recently got long acquired by Wilbur. Matt Kossoff is the guy who started Grinch What a name. Sales. That sounds like a race car driver's name. It really does. In third uh, place, Matt Kossoff. <laughs> Him and his buddy Nate Brick basically started the company, and Nate was like my direct boss. Matt was the owner. Because um, when I first started, I was in the warehouse. Because they used to have a basically like a, a I don't want to say hazing program. It was kind of like a starting program where you started in the warehouse and work your way up. Within three months, I was 
upstairs. Show us where they touched you, Dave. <laughs> so it's uh he started a segment that he actually just won an award for this year from SEMA. Oh nice. Uh for basically creating the retrofit mainstream segment. Like he didn't create retrofitting, but he created it in such a way that it's now mainstream. He popularized it. Yeah. Yeah. He created a market. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I got the email. I'll have to look at it later. I'll show it to you later. Where he uh, won the award from SEMA. Wow. But uh, he started a company, I want to say, 16, 17 years ago. Something like that. Sure. And they were in operation in Ohio first. Then they moved to Atlanta. Like 17 years ago, guys were running Salvania lights. You know, like mm-hmm. that was the upgrade. <laughs> like go to AutoZone and get the the nicest halogen that they offered, you know. And, uh, and this guy's retrofitting. Yeah, he and uh, his best bud would go to like junkyards, find Beamers, Mercedes, whatever was wrecked that had Xenons in it. Take the headlight, break it open, take the projector, figure out how to put it into another vehicle. So I learned how to do that. On top of knowing how to do it with like the aftermarket projectors where you could thread a shaft in and all that stuff. So I know how to do it both ways and became pretty good at it. Built up a pretty good reputation. Got some award winning vehicles that I've done lights for. Yeah, so. well, I mean, just in their lobby was what a uh, Ferrari California and a couple other really nice cars. Yeah, Nakai Sons, two Porsches were in there last time you walked in that lobby. Yeah. Um, absolutely a cool facility. And, uh, in a cool place. But the reason we bring him up is because Dave was working there and learning this stuff. And in the process, that's when the LEDs kind of changed over. And, yeah. And, um, you know, I got a JK and we put some of the headlights in it. And absolutely mm-hmm. one of my favorite sets of headlights. And um, Dave did some halos in them and uh, some switchbacks that were cool. Everyone always hit me up like, whoa, wait, what headlights are those? <laughs> what are those switchbacks, you know? So, like, uh, a lot of companies started copying uh, the designs at Morimoto and uh, what's that other company? I always forget. JW Speaker. Oh, yeah. Some other companies that were putting out. JW was the hotness back in the day. Exactly. It's still nice. It's just there's so many people doing it now. There's a lot of and truck lights, which yeah. is another really good one. Well, truck lights got bought by Rigid. Um, truck lights, I think, had like five employees with Rigid. <laughs> but yeah, I've, so if you ever see on a TJ. You can buy them for JKs. It's it's the 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 uh, single bar in the middle and like your low beams up top and your high beams below and it's just like that's the truck light design, yep. you know. And they even do a heated headlight and I've run those in tons of stuff. And now you can buy them knocked off on Amazon or whatever. But but Bridget owns them now and they're still one of my favorite headlights. There's a lot of there's a lot of knockoffs out there. It's a downside that are cheap. Yeah, and they they look good on the vehicle. Yeah, but the actual light output, you can somebody like us will see the difference between sure. quality and cheap. But like well, Warren Moto came out with those sealed sevens, and yeah. I think I got you one of the first sets ever. Yeah, it's dropped right. the halos in them, and then they were just putting light out everywhere. Yeah, I mean that's why I've never been like, oh, I need all these lights. I did have a light bar on that JK, and it didn't last long. Two things about light bars. One, they make noise, they whistle, but if they're above your windshield, they're just going to make a huge reflection mm-hmm. on your hood that makes it harder to see than if it wasn't there. Um, now, I've run them you know, lower light bars, and they have their place, but now I think the light bar was kind of the thing before the technology caught up. Now, like, you can do 
with like rigid side shooters or some Baja designs or even the, the new Morimoto four bangers like those on those KCs. They can knock out what light bars used to do in yep. a smaller package and uh It's ridiculously bright. Yeah, and it spreads and, it, and it's wide. And, and it's it, not gonna blind oncoming traffic. It's not making the or, same draw, but <laughs> One thing in materials, and you can tell us more about this because I don't know, but isn't it like in the chips and like the manufacturer, the chips of yeah. the, like the LED lights themselves? Like back when I knew something, it was like the Philips chip was like the nice one or something. But I feel like Philips is still up there, but now you got other companies who are producing some really badass chips. And sometimes a company won't disclose to you who's building a chip mm-hmm. for many reasons. Sure. Because their competition will just go buy the same chip and, and try to put use it in there. Yeah. But the other thing is the reflector. So people see just a reflector. Like, oh, it's just a chrome piece they put over it. There's design and engineering that reflector mm-hmm. to put as much light out as they do. Oh, yeah. I mean, just seeing, like, I think uh, the new Four Banger just won an award, too. It did. I remember that. And I saw a Four Banger at SEMA. And I want to set, I definitely want some on my vehicles. Hey, yeah, um, we're, we're putting several on the F-150. Yeah, I like the Four Banger. So they look great. <laughs> I think I want to, I think I want to do... The Ambers, uh, mm. you know, like on a, on an A-pillar mount or something. But, um, you know, the other day we had Brandon here. We made a video about his XJ. We did the Holly. Yeah. The, the, their retro brights. And those are powered are by Morimoto. Yep. And we did the classic whites on his, which is kind of that yellowish color. But what I was telling Brandon that a lot of people don't know, a lot of people think white is the best color. It's not. No, like your factory color right. is really the best color. But I used to fall into that until I started to understand the Kelvin skill. Yeah. So. I still don't understand it. One time I convinced Dave to sell me like some, were they 12K headlights? Like purplish? No, no, no. Like they were yellow. The Miata Oh, ones. 3K. 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 Yeah, 3K. <laughs> we came down off a mountain run and it got dark and I couldn't see five foot in front of me. <laughs> now. The amount of light they put off would blind oncoming traffic, but I was also blind. I could see nothing. But did yeah. they look cool? No, oh, yes. they looked amazing. They were gold. Yeah. They weren't even yellow. They were yeah, they, gold. For some reason, yours came out <laughs> pure gold. It looked gold. They were so rad. And they so the, were the, useless as hell. The thing about 3K is 3K and like 3800K are great for cutting through like fog. And oh, yeah, I was good at that. But I was, I was below fog because I was three yeah. inches lower than I was lower. <laughs> We both owned that Miata, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. But um, what's hilarious about it is, is I'm six one, two hundred ninety eight pounds. I won't disclose Dave's weight, but he's just as big as me, yep. and a two two or three inches taller. So like, <laughs> it is funny. We both rode together in it. Yeah. Um, I dragged my knuckles on the ground that day. Too. <laughs> the funny part is, is like I don't fit in a Viper. Uh, I don't fit an S two thousand exactly, but, but we somehow fit in the Miata, fit in the Miata. <laughs> and we know exactly where you're sitting, and, and we're comfortably like not exactly. even like like squeezing in, like getting out's uncomfortable, but uh, getting in's no big deal. But we, uh, I remember when the technology changed over. One of the first things Morimoto did, it wasn't just LED bulbs; they did the LED fog light housing. So yeah. they first came out with. Uh, they they were smart. They went after the popular vehicles. F one fifty best selling vehicle on the planet. They were like, all for right, the last like twenty years. Exactly. They yeah. were like, hey, let's design one for this particular year model F one fifty. I think it was 2013, 14 when I was working. Um, they did it. I looked at the part number and realized, hey, these fit my dad's uh, expedition. 
Yeah. My dad has an 07 Expedition. They have literally been in his truck since 2013. Was well, the same ones we, we fit on the Ranger, too? Yeah, exact yeah. same ones on, on the Ranger. Ford Ranger. Yeah. yeah. And they're the same ones, the newer version in my F-150 now. That truck's now in Texas. With uh, Jacob? No. Or his brother? No, he sold it to uh, Russell Ditto. Hmm. Russell Ditto now is the Ranger. Jacob is trading in our old work truck and he just ordered a brand new Silverado. Okay. So, uh, but he sold the Danger Ranger and he said, these are the brightest headlights and fog lights I've ever seen. Uh, but the full disclosure, they're illegal because <laughs> the fog lights are legal. Yeah, they're the fog from, lights are They're from illegal. an expedition, they're Morimoto, but the headlights, when Dave put them in, they were they had no projector. They were LED yep. like lenses. And I'm like, Dave, they're not putting out that much. So he took the reflector out of the way for me, <laughs> and they display so much light, and you get so many people that high beam you. But what's funny is when you hit the high beam, it's even brighter. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it was a bazinon light, but what made them so bright was we put the high quality Morimoto HID kit in it. Yeah. So you can get LHAE kits. You can buy them all you want to. But when Morimoto tells you a color is a color, that is the exact color it is. And they were pure white. Yeah. It is ridiculous. So uh, those are out in Texas now, in East Texas, wreaking havoc on the highways. Which is funny because my dad's expedition still has the same HID kit from 2014 in it too. Yeah. That, that you put those lights in when I was working at Nitro Gear. Yep. Which was about six or seven years ago, and they've never failed. The only thing he's had failures on is, like, little LED bulbs, I think, in the marker lights that were just, like, little cheapo, like, yep. dollar they, lights or something. And that technology's gotten better, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I I did all the lights in, in my Durango, and if I turn to my interior lights, man, it's like a UFO coming down the street. Good night. Yeah. My I, tent is dark. And when I turn those LEDs on, it's like the tent's not there. I actually have to task you on my interior lights on my jail. I got you. So I'm going to call out Kyle a little bit. But we were rushing to prepare for Black Bear Pass. And we were drilling holes on the hardtop to mount the roof rack to put the tent on. I remember. I was so here he had to remove the plastic panels above my head. Um where the lights are and like the speakers and stuff. And after that, my interior lights don't work at all. Now I can click the lights above my head, like, yeah. and they'll turn on, but they don't turn on when the door is open and the floor lights don't work at all. And they have never worked. And like since 2000 miles, I have like 50,000 miles, left. <laughs> not a single interior. I can't turn them on, on the left. Like I cannot make my floor lights. And I told Colin, he's like, yeah, I don't know. And, and he probably could figure, and I know he could figure it out. Yeah, but, but like we never have time to work on our own stuff. I've had parts for the Manchie for forever, and it just, it's just one of those things. But um, the other problem is you and I are both multiple car owners, so we're always trying to figure out. Yeah, what to work on. I actually might be buying another one this weekend, so I'll I'll throw that out there. But um, and it's not a Jeep, so but actually I won't be buying it. Black Bear Off Road is going to buy its first vehicle. It's going to be a company vehicle. Um, tax write-off company vehicle. So, we'll see. I'm trying to make it work. Um, but, I ain't lie. Mom and I debated giving y'all a sport track. It's just a shop truck. It's like, y'all oh, take it, do what you cool. want with it. That would have been cool. 
I like that sport track. You know, <laughs> anyone I've ever known that's owned a, a Ford Explorer sport track has never wanted to give it up because they're just reliable Literally. and they're handy and they just they get the job done and they should bring it back. Um, I don't know if the market's there. I mean, the Rangers about the size that sport track was, but yep. uh, well, I just don't like the U.S. Ranger. I like the European Ranger. The European Ranger, especially the Raptor one, is. Well, <coughs> they just dropped a bunch of videos with a new Raptor for us, and it mm-hmm. is insane. The new Raptor, okay. New Ranger Raptor, I should say. Oh, I guess it because I've already seen the new Raptor, and then there's the Raptor. It's a Raptor R. It's a Raptor, Raptor Bronco. R. You know, they had to do all that because they just couldn't beat the TRX. (laughs) The greatest off-road truck ever invented. Now, me personally, I'm a Ford man. (laughs) What? Who owns a Dodge. Exactly, I was going to (laughs) say. But you know I love me a Dodge. Yeah. I'll drive the crap out of a Dodge any day. That's the funny part. You're you're more of a Mopar guy. I'm more of a Ford guy. Oh, I am. But we love each other's brands. I was a Chevy guy first. Because I didn't know any better. S10s all day. <laughs> and I still love S10s. I, I, my favorite... If you looked in the history of making vehicles, the 1980s is every person's least favorite. It's absolutely my favorite time. No, 80s all are my time. favorites. Yeah, but a lot of people... And it's funny because it's mostly Chevys I love in the 80s. I found a Toyota Tercel all-wheel drive van. Kind of like... Not van. It's the... It's like a... So like a wagon? <laughs> I'll have to show you after the podcast. It is so beautifully ugly. <laughs> it's like the gremlin of its time, but it's all wheel drive. And I just want to build it into a rally car so bad. <laughs> but they're rare and they, they cost money. So, like, I can't do it. A Toyota Tercel. That would but it, be it's sweet. Like a, but it's like a four door hatchback, if that makes sense. Like, it's ugly. It's like beautiful. I love square body lines. Like, absolutely. You know what? You said four door hatchback. You know what my brain went to. Remember the Lancia four door hatchback? Oh yeah, I mean absolutely beautiful. <laughs> exactly. I love old like rally car or like, the four door hatchback Cosworth. Like yeah. the four door hatchback I almost got until Dad said no. Oh, you're talking the, about the, the uh, Focus SVT? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, out of his sweet to get it from that guy. Um, and you guys grew up with a wagon, right? Yeah, I had uh we had a. 1989 Ford Taurus LXI wagon. Your old sport. That my parents bought. Yeah. Brand new from my mom's late brother-in-law. Mm. And uh, I want to say somewhere in Southern Cali. I think San Bernardino, California. Mm. So not Rusty Gar. Yeah. He had, he owned a Ford dealer. A lady, so the story was a lady put down a deposit on it. A big deposit too. Okay. Custom ordered it from the factory the way she wanted it. It was for her grandkids and then changed her mind and decided she didn't want it and didn't care about the deposit at all. Wow. Just walks off from it. So my uncle's sitting with it for maybe like a week or two. <coughs> and then uh, I'm like eight, nine months old. Maybe a little older. No, you're like eight, nine months because I was born in 89 in July. Yeah. You were 88 in July. My parents showed up for the Feast of Tabernacles that year in California. Yeah. My uncle oh, said, oh, you should come. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they used to come check out this car, blah, blah, they were to look at it, like, we don't know, then they saw it in person and went, oh yeah, we want it. <laughs> so there's pictures of me, like, as a Your baby. dad's all about comfort. Exactly. You know, like. Comfort, you, big American cars. Yeah. You can't get my dad to buy anything that's not American. 
Unless it's Japanese. I mean, he has an expedition that's got 301 on it. 300, like 20-something thousand. I mean, and it looks like it rolled off the floor still. And that's number three. Yeah. And he's bought all of them brand new. That's my favorite expedition color they ever made. Yeah, that copper or something. Yeah, my dad had an F-150 when I was a kid. Uh, He had a a Courier and an F-150. He had a Courier, yeah. And uh, my mom drove... Do not laugh because I want to buy this vehicle so bad to this day. A Nissan Stanzen Wago van. So what? <laughs> so what that is is the the front two doors were normal, and then there was no door behind the driver, and there was a minivan door on the passenger <laughs> side. So you could, if you were riding in the back, you could not exit the driver's side. You had to slide the door open. It was like a subcompact minivan, and it broke down so often. And it, and it, I could tell you exactly what the motor sounded like. It didn't matter how much acceleration you gave it. It sounded like this. <laughs> that was what that thing sounded like <laughs> all time. Oh, but I would love to buy a Nissan Stanza Wago van. And yeah. it had the hatch in the back and everything, and you could, you could fit my big butt and a bunch of groceries down the road. And we had my sister, and then we actually we got another Ford. We got a Windstar. I mean, a Windstar was like I, we went through a Ford phase. The Windstar traded that in for an Explorer. Now, when my parents bought that Explorer, that was the coolest vehicle on the planet. The yeah. Ford Explorer at the time the Explorer came out. I've had too many of those. Yeah, <laughs> but when they came out, that was the hotness. Like mm-hmm. that was, you know, and I wasn't into Jeeps at the time as a kid. I, I at the kid at the time I told my parents like I'm gonna get a Jeep Wrangler. If I'd have known that like the Cherokee was kind of looming in the background, you yeah. know, I'd have been all about it. But man, we owned that, and then when the Trailblazer came out, we got a Trailblazer. I think our our expedition was actually Eddie Bauer. That was like the nicest little SUV. And we, the Trailblazer we got. All my dad's expeditions, Eddie Bowers. I didn't. I, I had to look up who Eddie Bauer was because they have like Eddie Bauer stores, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like I only knew him because of cars, not because exactly he was an explorer. Reason. And then they like made like a brand around his mm-hmm. name or something. But uh, I actually have a windbreaker that's Eddie Bauer. But we've got we've derailed this this lighting. Thing, but completely derailed. But that's how it happens. That's how it goes. That's what happens when the brothers are talking. And cars. I mean, at at the end of the day, our industry is anything that deals with cars. Yeah. Um. Cause well, yeah. When ahead. it came down to it, you and I, I still remember when we were at a car club. Yeah. And we went from the old name to Drop Years Motorsports. Yep. And then years later, myself, you, Mikey, were like, "Hey." We can make money selling, you know, parts or whatever. And we started doing it and it became just me and you. And, you know, we we did it for a little bit and the company's still there. And we sell stuff here and there. But the company has served more as a name recognition than a product. It's a brand. It's a brand for sure. Like, uh, I mean, it wouldn't be like folks outside of Atlanta. Well, maybe a but little bit. Some states. Some like. states, yeah. But, like, really, like, you know, we well, we did so many meets and things. That community doesn't really exist. Now it's these guys that shut down highways and yeah. they're, you know, just the, stupid. We just wanted to hang out and have a good time and talk cars. And we're just real car people. And um, 
The new yeah. thing is because of what we did with the name. And we're bringing it back. Yep. We're going to bring drop gears back. All day. I'm opening another shop. We're going to start doing imports immediately. Avery just bought a new import. We're about to do it now. Well, I still got a couple imports. We can do it. Okay, but we're not doing it now. But, not, we, but we take some time. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. The, the cool thing about the name is because of what we built around it, there's been times you and I both have walked into some random park stores and got stuff for free. Oh, absolutely. Because they were like, oh, you're drop gears. We're like, uh, uh, yeah. I was wearing my drop gear shirt on the trail this past yep, weekend. You sure was. Which, that segue is something that uh, Dave came out to Windrock this weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been itching to hit Windrock. True story. Back when I used to have, I first gotten off road, I never joined a Jeep club. I would just go wheeling by myself. And... You know, my wife wasn't too fond of that because, like, what if you break down? What if you get lost? What if you need recovered? If you get stuck? And that happened. Uh, so I would just take Dave and, yeah. and my dog, Shiner. And, like, the three of us would just go off into North Georgia with no Gaia GPS. Most of the time we had no cell phone service. We'd get completely and, lost. And Jeeps <laughs> that, like, were terrible on the road, never mind on the trail. Like, oh, actually, they did better on the trail than they did on the road. Um, <laughs> They'd overheat and break, and we just keep wheeling and fixing them and riding. And, like, so, anyways, it was cool to see you at Windrock this weekend, which is, you know, one of my favorite places in the southeast. And, well, I no, it is my favorite. Why. Oh, it's like off road. The place heaven. is amazing. It's huge. There's so much to do. Um, yeah. What'd you think about Windrock? The whole time we're on Windrock. He rode with Shelby, by the way, for listeners who know Shelby. Oh, Shelby's. <laughs> I was looking at Shelby going, I got to buy another Jeep, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get another Jeep. We'll get that F-150 out there. We'll what? take Big Red out there. It's too wide for the trails we hit on 16, though. It's way too I wide. I got some trails you can ride. But, uh, Dude, did you happen to see... Uh, you didn't. You're not in the group. Did you notice uh, a group of Jeepers, as we were leaving the trail, it was like four Jeeps, like four Wranglers, Past Coming the other way? Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, one the leader flipped, like like not even an hour after we saw him. And he had stopped yeah. and asked me what trails to ride, and I told him. And I was like, don't get off a of G1, because he's like, I don't want anything crazy. Somehow he flipped and, <laughs> and like had to get it drug off of Winter Dang. Ride. Winter, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first guy that was out there. Um, oh, we saw I saw them, because you guys were a good bit ahead of us when we were leaving. Yeah. Because we were... I drive fast. <laughs> we were hanging back for Brandon. Yeah, you were. And then uh, we had Andrew. Spoiler alert, Brandon breaks. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see it in the video. Andrew broke, too. He was behind us. Uh, no, Nathan, no, no. Nathan. He was with y'all. Nathan. Well, Andrew broke, too. Well, oh, Andrew Jenkins. Yeah. yeah, he had some kind of weird, like, limp mode failure with the... Uh, um, it ended up being... He pulled his ABS sensor in the rear, and it was covered in red clay. Like, there's no way it could have sent a signal... So that was what it was the whole time. Was there was no wheel speed signal in the back. So he cleaned it up and no issues now. Yeah, we uh, had it was Johnny behind us in the end of the trail. Yep, Johnny. We, leaving. And we thought Johnny was ahead of us because we caught a glimpse of y'all with the uh, with the uh, the yellow jeep, mm-hmm. the school bus. And, yeah, and Cindy yeah. or and uh, Lena and. Uh, and then all of a sudden y'all were gone. We were like, oh crap, dude! Go I had to stop waiting on them a couple of times. I was just I don't pay attention. <laughs> I'm just driving, and then I and like Shelby's super careful. So Shelby's like. You know, taking a shot. She was super nervous. <laughs> Shout out old Shell. She was on the last podcast. That's my boy. But it was fun, dude. It was, it was a huge blast doing it. And it made me miss having the Jeep. You didn't know. Time. You know, we didn't use any lighting that day. We didn't need to. Yeah. <laughs> but there was plenty of off-road lighting out there to be seen. Oh, yeah. Plenty. 
I actually ran my Halos a little bit today. I, I try not to be that guy, but... I, I mean, just, that setup's so sick, dude. I mean, yeah, they look good. So I ran them all blue, nothing flashy. And y'all can check out the video of me installing them on his Jeep. You can, yeah. It's on the Jeep Bubba YouTube channel. That's where you can see Dave, and you can place a face for the name. He did the install on the uh, high beam off-road. Man, I forget the name of those. They're like the Prodigy series. They're nice. They are nice headlights. I've really enjoyed them. And um, mixed with the Baja Designs fogs. I mean, I really don't need much else. I just love the look of the uh, the Morimoto. So I might just have to add that. Um, so before we wrap up, if you had to give any advice to an off-roader, not necessarily to be a Jeep person per se, and they're thinking about lighting, they're thinking about um electronics in general actually i want to get into one other thing after that uh but but we'll just talk about this real quick what do you think you know what what kind of advice um brands quality uh style locations any any suggestions uh if you're thinking about an off-road setup number one thing i would say is buy quality not quantity you don't need 20 something light bars on your jeep or your off-roader so light, but Dave, right. that's what they run on the Baja. <laughs> that's what they run on the King of Hammers. You don't need 20-something pods. <laughs> yeah, because they're not running the Baja or the King of Hammers. Exactly. You can get some quality pods that are combo. They're, they can be set up for, you can have a set that's specifically for your driving at night for your fogs. Yeah. And a set that's made for wide on the trails or spotting the trails. And you can you can put them in the right places. Like you want your spots to sit a little higher on the pillars. You can put your wides almost anywhere you want to, and your drive lights in a bumper, mm-hmm. and do more than what most of these light bars are doing. If you're gonna buy a light bar, you're gonna yeah, buy top the notch. Bars. Ditch the light bars, yeah. unless unless you, you buy know, a light bar. They're great for hiding behind a grill. They're great for yep. lighting up a winch line. Um, you want a light bar? I mean, light. You gotta go with somebody like Baja. Yeah. Diode Dynamics. Uh, Man, I love some diode. Yep. You gotta Dude, go you with can uh, get like a diode eight inch rigid. You can get your rigids. I like rigids. You can get a diode like eight inch and mount it on, like on your winch fairly. It is awesome for lighting up yeah. the winch line at night. I had one on my XJ. Loved it. Um, Loves the diode. Very very high quality. Very specific product. It's gonna put out light the way you need it to put out light. Yeah. It's not just gonna shoot light at you and it'd be bright when you're looking at it, but nothing on the street. Yeah. You know, or if you're getting the reflection or the whistle. I mean, there's so many downsides of mounting yep. them up high. and You know, you'll see those on, like, trophy trucks and things like that. But but that's not what you're doing, most people. You know, if that is what you're doing, then you know that you need to get a light that is rated for the mile per hour you're running. Um, and that's that's what not most people who are listening to this podcast are doing. <laughs> so I do want to take the Comanche to Baja one day. Um, not racing it. I just want to go to just Baja go. and drink Coronas and eat tacos and ride that thing uh, down the Baja Peninsula. But I'm all for it. What I want to get into is your current job. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing, what your company specializes in, how it how it has, uh, what it has to do with the automotive industry, um, and even supply chain in general, and and maybe well, I don't want to guide you too much, but. How some of the stuff you guys install could potentially be used on like a personal level and helpful to you know people in their normal everyday lives. So long story short, I'm a field engineer. I work for a company called Tracking <coughs> uh, LLC. 
basically what we do mostly is install safety systems for fleet vehicles. He keeps Americans safe. Yep. So for How those who do do don't that, know, Dave? uh I had a really bad accident years ago from a semi truck that wasn't paying attention. So those are some of the things that Dave we install got hit now. By a Pinsky truck. I yep. mean like the big one. <laughs> like crushed him. I'll never forget the day I got that phone call. <laughs> I'll yeah. never forget the years of recovery after. And you're still, like, not necessarily recovering, but dealing with the the yeah, circumstances of it. Yep. Uh, long story short, what we do is um, we we deal with several companies, General Electric, uh, Siemens, and Intel, but we mostly deal with Intel. They produce a product called Mobileye. If you got a newer vehicle that has lane departure warning, accident avoidance, all that stuff, 99% of the time, is made by Intel, and it's called Mobileye. We install that in the fleets all over the world, literally. So it's like Big Brother inside the vehicles. Yeah. So but in a good way for the companies. Exactly. It, it it drops their insurance and makes sure their drivers don't crash. It doesn't record anything. It just It's a visual sensor and makes sure they're paying attention to the road. Uh, we do that, like I said, all over the country, all over the world. Excuse me. And... uh. I'm actually going to leave Monday to head towards California to do it for another big client. But um, yeah, Nicole, you know, she was uh, my wife worked for a trucking company, and they used Mobileye, and uh, it actually they shared insurance with other trucking companies, so they would do like a group insurance thing instead of them getting insurance from Progressive, they would put money in a pot on a yearly basis. And when she started there, they weren't using um, anything like this. Yeah. And they were at the bottom. Of 30 companies that all put in the same pot, they were like 28 for safety. And by the time she left, they were like 8 or 9 or 10 because yeah. they were monitoring their drivers. And the drivers don't necessarily love it, but what it can do is... It makes you pay attention. It makes you pay attention. And um, I remember you know, the ones they first put in had an outward-facing camera and a, and a cab-facing camera. And the, the cameras would only come on when there was like a jolt or a big speed change or whatever. And one night we're sitting there watching TV and she shows me an email she got and it would go to her email. And the guy like was texting. You can see that on the inside of the camera and then run off the road and almost <laughs> hit a couple vehicles and then pulled it back on the road as he passed the vehicles. And so she was able to wait till that guy's break and call him and say, Hey, we don't text and drive with this company. You know that. I'm going to have to see your write-up. He goes, what are you talking about? Like, that forward-facing and interior-facing camera, <laughs> it yeah, comes on when you run off, run off the road. That might have been the smart drive because we installed that too. Yeah. And smart drive, personally from an installation standpoint, is annoying, but it's very vital for some <laughs> well, of these drivers. Yeah, the truck drivers want their privacy, and I understand yeah. that because they live in these vehicles. But the nice thing about the ones that they were using was they would turn off after hours. Yeah. Um, so when you're sleeping or... Uh, you know, making your dinner or uh, hanging out with a lot lizard, then uh, <laughs> no one's seeing that. But uh, absolutely see where that could be a uh, safety thing. And I know you guys have worked with, you know, like uh, rental car companies and stuff yep. like that as well. So um, Rental car companies, big trucking brands. Uh, sometimes we, we're in the manufacturer's headquarters to figure out how to work it for the next generation of vehicles coming on, you know, doing a lot of R&D. So, yeah, I mean, you guys are having to not just do, like, wiring that's like, oh, splice this, cut that. I mean, you're pulling dashes and getting in deep and doing stuff that's invasive. And you don't just do it on one vehicle. 
Did you got to do it like 80. You got to do a fleet of vehicles. You got to do yep. it quickly. And you got to move. Then we got to turn around and program it. A lot of measurements. A whole lot of things going on. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it, it can be challenging. Sometimes it's mundane, but other times it's very challenging. New products and uh, keep the road safe. <laughs> what about um? Do you think that 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 technology can be rolled over like for personal use? Like, what do you think about having? Oh, hundred percent. We've put a camera in your own vehicle, that kind of thing. We've done it on personal vehicles. We've had um. Sometimes we'll have like uh, especially down in Florida. Parent, <laughs> listen. Florida's the worst drivers <laughs> on this planet. Hundred percent. It's mostly New Yorkers who've retired, and if a drop of particip- precipitation drops, those are the worst drivers on this planet. If you want to learn how to drive in a stressful situation, go to a public's parking lot about five o'clock and try to find a parking spot and just fight off the elderly people and their tall socks and their bony knuckles and their white hair. These people cannot drive and they're dangerous and they're in big cars and they're not looking and they don't care where you're at. Or go drive in Phoenix, Arizona. uh, Yes. But those people are on drugs, Dave. (laughs) We're not talking about this enough, but Phoenix is on drugs. (laughs) If Phoenix you, is wild. If you pull off an exit to try to go to a uh, in and out, you're gonna see some some people that are on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> go to Tucson and go to go to Sedona, but don't go to Phoenix. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. It's we got stories about Phoenix. But, uh, <laughs> I saw so. someone steal food from the in and out. Phoenix, I was very concerned, and when we reported. They go, oh, he does it every day. You would think you would recognize them by now. I mean, I'm talking a large amount of people on drugs just roaming the streets like zombies. Uh, but in and out, still delicious. Still get your fries animal style. If you don't know what that is, have you ever eaten that? Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't like it. Uh, it's, it's pretty alright. It's a lot of Thousand Island dressing. It's Thousand Island dressing and onions like on french fries and palm cheese like and pickles. like... Oh, it's I'm so over, good. I'm over a Whataburger guy myself. Uh, I'm from Texas. Can't help it. If you want to wait an hour and a half for a cheeseburger, you can go to Whataburger. <laughs> it is good. But for whatever reason, like, well, if you go to Texas, it's not that big a wait. But, like, if you go in Florida, they're so excited oh, yeah, about it. There's, like, it's, eh, it's not worth the wait. But it's not, it not is good. Florida. It is good. I don't eat Whataburger outside I, I'm an in and out over Whataburger, but they're both really good. Um... To me, when I can get pump cheese in my French fries, <laughs> but I've only eaten In and Out in Vegas. That's hilarious. In and Out tastes better, in my personal opinion. Yeah, everywhere outside of California. Oh, okay, I've had it in Cali and hated it I've every had, single time. I had it in Vegas and and in Phoenix, and that's it. Yeah, it's great. But Whataburger is good too. <coughs> There's one right by my parents' house, and we. We literally can't eat there because it's our weight in the oh, drive through every time. It's only so, a Whataburger in Texas. It tastes better in Texas. Um, but, with the Dr. Pepper, right? All day. <laughs> well, cool. Did we not touch on anything? Is there anything we need to uh, jump in? Oh, I just got the heads up. The maximum recording time is 60 minutes. We're at 55. <laughs> so, um, what do you think? Is there anything we didn't touch on? Anything I should talk about? We got four no, I minutes. Think, I think we got it, man. We can do another podcast later because we got some old stories back in the day. No, we don't need to talk about those. Those are still pending federal charges. <laughs> See, some of those things have statute limitations that 
We gotta wait twenty years before we tell those stories. Nah, we'll wait. <laughs> we can wait till before Jack and Abby are like, you know, have their own kids, <laughs> and then we can tell them what we did. Oh man! Well, now was your age minus ten years? <laughs> yeah. I gotta teach Abby how to drive. Jack's got it, but Abby doesn't know how to steer. She's got the gas pedal thing down. No brake, no steering. She's all gas, which that's not terrible. Um, I don't know. It's like a Nissan Altima driver. It's a little scary. Uh, yeah. Um, I was thinking like maybe like a little uh, demolition derby driver <laughs> or something like that. She's <laughs> wild. You know what I mean? Jack, he's a little more timid and he's got a little four wheeler. He can steer that thing around great. Um, but we gotta work on Abby in the Jeep. She's. We'll see. We'll see. My favorite niece, boy. I tell you what. She's, um, she's too. She's funny. definitely my favorite daughter. Uh, <laughs> actually she's my favorite kid and I tell her brother that quite often but he'll pass her one day I know he will honestly every time she sees me she just looks at me does not ask me a thing about my wife just wants to hang out with me oh no like she's like hey Dave and then like the other day I get home and she's like I saw my friend Dave today I mean that's my friend no <laughs> I saw my friend Dave today um, no but the funny thing is I think one day if she wants to, she'll probably be behind this counter running this shop. A hundred percent. And I can see the boy out there turning some riches. So I asked her, I said, is this going to be your Jeep, Abby? She said, both going to be my Jeep. Bro. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. She don't play. She's a boss. She already, she already knows she's getting a JLU and a Manchie. She's not getting that Manchie. That thing's dangerous. I tell you what. I shouldn't drive that Manchie. That thing is terrifying. I was jealous the day you bought it, and I'm still jealous you got it. Have you seen the seats? I'll show you the seats. No. I guess we gotta check it out now. The podcast. I gotta get up in the attic and show you the seats. They're fat boy. Um, they're Corbos. Yeah, I didn't even tell you. I bought. Tell you about this. Uh-uh. I bought Corbos for the Manji. I need some. I, I need... bought Corbo suspension seats that are set for a forty-two inch waist, dude. <laughs> I need some for the FRS. Um, these things are these things are nice. Um, all right, well that's the end of the podcast. Thank you, David Saddlebrook Windsor, for being on here. You can Anytime, check out Dave buddy. on. Uh, Instagram and Facebook, and he'll be in the. Uh, he'll be. What are you on, on Instagram? Instagram's uh, at. A lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Drop Gears. It's at Drop Gears Motorsports, at DGM Saddlebrook, yep. at Lower Class Love, nice. at Modically, which is spelled M O D I L Q Y. And there's a few other ones I can't remember right now, but it's all If you get passed by a Durango or an FRS in Atlanta or Texas, it's probably this guy. And, um, <laughs> or an F-150. Yeah, or an F-150. I forget. <laughs> He's got so many. But um, you can check him out. He'll be uh, – there's a little bit of Dave in the uh, um, the next video of uh, at Windrock. And then um, – he was also, like I said, did the install on the lights. He'll be in, in, in some future stuff. Oh, we yeah. got to keep him in town as long as we ha- can so we can go and hit more trails. But I uh, appreciate you being on. Anytime, and uh, as you guys know, just give us a nice review on the uh, Apple side, on the iTunes. And uh, make sure to check us out on YouTube. As always, I hope there's an adventure in your future. I'm Jeep and Bubba. Eat your prunes. And we'll be seeing you.